Welcome back to Picking Winners. I'm Tony. That's Nate. We're on to week 15. We've got the usual picks, best bets, and occasional props that we'll drop throughout the episode. But first, how we doing, Nate? Doing good. Just got done watching the Las Vegas Raiders end Brandon Staley's career. Surprised they let him come out and coach after the first quarter. Also, after the first half, after the third quarter, if you took those over quarters for Brandon Staley coaching in an NFL football game, you you made a lot of money tonight. I don't think there's anything out there that's like that. But um, me personally, I hit this in our group text. I was over. I was in on the over 34 and a half in that game and you could see pretty quickly what it was going to turn into and uh ended up playing it all the way up to 62 and a half as it kept going because the books just kept bumping it up five points five points because there's an aggregate uh algorithm for based off of what the pregame flop total is right so when you see something that's just out of hand and stuff like that you can you can catch up and, and keep making money that way too. And the Chargers just kept turning the ball over. Um, I believe I hit six in-game overs <laughs> during nice. this this game, so it was a fun night. But something when you're watching games, you know, and you're looking at it or whatever like that, just understanding how the game script is, what the other team's got to do. Sometimes everything just goes bad, like what happened during the Miami Dolphins and the Denver Bronco game where they put up seventy. Same mm-hmm. concept. Um, the floodgates just open and it doesn't stop until the time runs out. So, um, you know, you can get some good in-game action that way too. So based off how fast a team scores, but good night overall. Uh, last week was terrible. It was good until Monday night football, which I'm sure you'll get Oh man. Yeah, that, that was an ass whooping. Brandon Staley should be done. Surprised, uh, something didn't happen at halftime just to kind of make a statement, but it is what it is. We'll see, uh how things go tomorrow on all the talking shows. All right, let's recap week 14. Um, kind of alluded to it. Absolute shit show. I went nine and six, losing nine and a half units. Uh, Miami was nine units by themselves. Nate, you went 11 and four, did very well leading into the Monday night game. Um, 11 and two going into that. We were set to make 10 to 15 units yeah. of profit. Um, but you ended up picking up two games on me. Um, you were in the red as well, though, losing three units, so not as bad. Uh, this this sucks for us yep. uh, because we had been chipping away at everything the Bills had lost for us through the first eight or nine weeks. But for our best bets, I had Buffalo plus 7.5. They got the win. And Miami, minus 7.5 in my six-point teaser. Miami up two touchdowns late in the fourth lost because of course they did right it's 2023 yep. nfl nate you had chicago plus nine and baltimore minus 1.5 that hit easily please 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 keep carrying us there looking forward to what you have uh, a little later on but anything to add before we get into our picks uh for those who are new here what we've been doing is trying to see if we could become profitable profitable just betting money lines for every single game um and it's not working out as you can see when you lose on a monday night both games and it's 11 units total that you're laying to win one because they're a big favorite. Uh, it can, it could ruin all kinds of things. So all those things that we think that are automatic, like the dolphins beating the Tennessee Titans. And if you're watching it, like I was up until four minutes left in the game, then you start doing other things because the game's over and the money and the giants game mm-hmm. was over. Uh, you wake up to realizing you just lost eight units. It's terrible. Nothing's a given. Uh, that's why we don't recommend doing any of this stuff, but it's good exercise to see, you know, is it possible? So, um, it's been fun and I'm looking forward to this week getting back up, 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 
we're down like 17 units on the year, which isn't too bad, I guess you would say, when you're losing all these Bills games, you lose out on Miami and and that kind of stuff too. So it's not as bad as it should be. Yeah, I think 90% of our losses are directly a result of the AFC East. So thank you, Buffalo and Miami. All right, moving on now to our Week 15 picks. We are recording this on 14 December, Thursday after the game, as Nate mentioned, and we took the Raiders, which was good for us. Uh, not so much for Brandon Staley, but we'll kick things off with the Saturday. Heard me right. Saturday games. We got football all day. First one, Minnesota at Chicago. And I got to pull up the lines because I do not have those going. All right. Minnesota uh, at Cincinnati. Minnesota at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's favored to win by three over under. It's at 40.5, Nate. What you got? So first things, tonight before when I put in my pick, I actually had the Chargers, and then about one o'clock p.m., I was like, "No, never mind. Oh, I'm going with the Raiders." So I literally could have just Smart. looked at a team putting up seventy points against what I was doing. And I have to say, I hate this Saturday game stuff. Like, it may be cool for other people, or whatever, like that, but I don't want to spend my all of it, all of my week doing. <laughs> professional football and none of these games are at the same time so it's like a traditional sunday where it's a morning an afternoon and an evening i don't want to watch commercials for that long just stagger these things an hour apart and let us get it over with so we could do other things on a saturday in the christmas season for this game i'm taking cincinnati at home nick mullins is starting for the minnesota vikings we don't know if justin (laughs) jefferson is going to come back i believe he's going to come back need him to come back for my fantasy teams but Alexander, Alexander Madison is already out for this game, so you're going to see a lot of Ty yeah, Chandler. Playing. I think Cincinnati is rolling. They have hopes of making the playoffs with Jake Browning. He's playing well. Um, our buddy Nick was just at the Raider game because he's in Las Vegas for work. And then Saturday he's okay. going to be in Cincinnati for for this game. He put in a three-piece parlay. I decided to tail it. He got it at Caesars at plus 1,000. I could only get it on my mobile books at like – 480. It's crazy the odds that he was able to get out in Las Vegas. Um, But I'll take Cincinnati. I think they keep rolling. I think the Minnesota defense will give them a little bit of problems. Uh, But I take Cincinnati winning this thing. I would probably take the points as well. But um, for the win and the money line, I'll take Cincinnati. Yeah, Justin Jefferson has been getting limited practice sessions in, so that's promising. Um, No word on whether he's a go or no-go yet. Alexander Madison probably not playing, uh, DNP with the ankle. Uh, But the big concern for us should be at the quarterback position. Nate mentioned Nick Mullins. He's getting the nod, but does that instill any confidence whatsoever for betting? Not for me. Uh, Bengals and Jake Browning, Nate mentioned, they're lighting it up with some added wrinkles uh, to their playbook. If you've been watching on offense, Chase Brown has looked phenomenal. Uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins are still getting it done in their own ways. Um, I think Cincinnati takes this. Uh, It helps also that it is at Paul Brown. So I'm also with the Bengals on this one. Second Saturday matchup is Pittsburgh at Indianapolis. The Colts are favored by one and a half. Over under is at 42.5. What you got? Just when you think the offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers couldn't get any worse, they're starting Mitchell Trubisky for two weeks in a row. They were seven and four, Tony, and now they are seven and six against two cupcake teams that they should have beat, and they did not beat them. They're supposed to lose mm-hmm. to the Indianapolis Colts. They're on the road. A lot's been made on the old Pat McAfee show about how quiet Lucas Oil Stadium is. Apparently, people call it Lucas Library. 
Um, Pat <laughs> seems to think other things of what it is currently. And Indianapolis should win this game. Um, there's no reason that Mitchell Trubisky should win a game in the NFL, but he's going to do it this week because Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season oh in forever. And all of my coach of the year tickets two weeks ago have gone down the tubes the last two weeks. So this is the week he gets it done so that we have a standoff with an in-division battle at the end of the season for him to get over 500. And that's going to be the storyline to end the year. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. The secondary is not good and they're playing way above their heads. They have dudes who shouldn't even be in the NFL. That's how bad they are. Something tells me Pittsburgh wins this game, though. So give me Pittsburgh. The Mike Tomlin uh, losing, never had a losing record. That's the drum. That's the drum we're beating, Nate. Boom. You, you've been boom. nailing it. You've been boom. nailing it boom. with the boom. with the storylines. Uh, Roger, I know you're listening. Get this guy a job writing for yeah. you guys. He, he does a really good job. Not going to influence my pick, though. Uh, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, both full participants in practice Thursday, so they should be good to go on the edges. Pickett is still out, so... Mitch Trubisky, a. Um, I don't love Indy. I think they've been a major disappointment down the stretch here, especially these last two or three weeks. Uh, JT still out, Jonathan Taylor. So Zach Moss, yay. Um, he's kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Mm -hmm. I just can't put any kind of money on Mitch Trubisky running an offense. And thinking back to like the Bears teams that I'm not going to say he took to the playoffs, that he was on when they went to the playoffs, that had to be a testament to just how good that defense was back then. But for this game, I'm taking the Colts at home. What is likely going to be just a just a marvelous display of offense from Pittsburgh. And I am using, Nate, just a trace amount of sarcasm there. <laughs> uh, next matchup, the final matchup for Saturday is Denver at Detroit. The Lions are favored by four and a half over-unders at 47.5. What are you doing? Um, Denver has come back to life because they cannot turn over the ball three, four, five times in a game. They're getting Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions after they went on the road last week to Chicago. And somebody said the Bears are going to win in a landslide, and the Bears won in a landslide. I don't know who that somebody is. Producers, who is that? Oh, it was me. Uh, toot my own horn. Pat's on back. I don't really like doing that, but it's fun. Um, Detroit's beating the crap out of this Denver Bronco team, I think. I like – I liked it at the beginning, the Denver side of the of it with a teaser leg because you got it to 10. I like it for a 10.5 point teaser. I think they can come back door it. Uh, Detroit's secondary and their entire defense is nothing to be scared of. Uh, but this is going to be a massive David Montgomery game. I believe his line is at 70. That's a little high for me, but I wouldn't. Pretty high. If I had to pick one of them, I would pick the over. If Detroit wants to win football games, they need to get back to giving David Montgomery the football. Everybody loves Jameer Gibbs. I get it. David Montgomery is a better power runner than Jameer Gibbs. He takes it up the gut, which is where Denver is going to have problems trying to defend this Detroit Lions team. David Montgomery for a big game. Detroit wins this thing. I think you get a backdoor cover on a teaser. It's a 10-point game, 9-point game or something like that. But Detroit mm -hmm. gets a win at home. There's a lot of people that love Denver, and I just don't see it. A lot of people saying, hey, this coach here, you know, played by the guy from King of Queens in a, in a movie, uh, Sean Payton, 
is you know is doing marvelous things this that the other whatever like that acting like he's some type of god the guy's won one super bowl in his entire career and had one of the greatest passers of all time on his team so and couldn't do anything after that but give me detroit to win yeah detroit is back at home they're indoors um that's good for jared goff uh it's dan campbell taking on his former boss once upon a time sean payton i know um that detroit knows that the Lions cannot let Jared Goff turn the ball over excessively if they want to win football games. I don't know how you, you – I, th- I think you read my notes. So what that means is that Dan Campbell and his team are going to approach these crunch time games here down the stretch. They want to get in the playoffs, win the division uh, with a run-heavy approach, which is great for you know Monty and Gibbs. Um, you kind of alluded to Montgomery there. I think they will find success this week against Denver. They are dead last. The Broncos are uh, against the run this season, giving up nearly 1,900 yards on the ground. Uh, in 2023. We still got a few weeks left. The Detroit defense has been uh, a struggling unit, so I think it's important for Detroit um, maybe to get out ahead early so they can so they can run the ball, right? Um, staying positive down in distances and all that uh, on these drives, kind of in the middle of the game. But that's the angle I'm taking um, in this one for a Lions win. I'm also on the Detroit side. They got to run the ball. That'll, yep. that'll help my best bet later, which we'll get to. All right, Sunday, early games. First one, Chicago at Cleveland. The Browns are home favorites. They get a field goal over-unders pretty low. It's at 38.5. You got Joe Flacco, Justin Fields? Who you got? Uh, my, my brain says Chicago <laughs> wins this game. Mm. Um, Cleveland has 15. been good against the scrambling quarterback that, you know, this year, I guess you would say, Joe Flacco's playing okay, but this Chicago Bears defense has been coming along over the last few weeks, and I think Joe Flacco gets an interception if that's a prop you want to bet out there uh, over you know, half an interception or something like that. That's a live prop. Uh, Chicago should turn the ball over here um, with this, but I'm going to take Cleveland. I think Cleveland makes the playoffs, and I think they're going to be a dangerous team going forward. There's some people that think that Joe Flacco may be a candidate for a comeback player of the year. I don't think there's any shot that that happens. Uh, DeMar Hamlin has tackles this year, and he literally died on an NFL football field. Don't bet anybody else other than DeMar Hamlin. There's no there's no reason to waste <laughs> Flacco, your money. Flacco played last year, didn't he? I don't know. It, yeah, I don't played games. I don't know. But yeah, I agree. But, yeah, I agree. But I, I think Cleveland ends up beating this team. It's going to be a little bit difficult to run on the Bears, but you definitely can do it if – Cleveland's going to want to win this game. They're going to need a uh, early turnover against Justin Fields and then limit Joe Flacco turning the ball over. Um, short, easy passes. Mari Cooper on the outside. You can beat the Bears on the outside in passing game. And I think they get a win at home. The crowd is going to be alive. The defense is going to come alive. And the dog pound is going to be rocking. Give me the bear. The <laughs> Browns. The Browns. There you go. Uh, Chicago has shown some life. I'll give them that. They've won three or four. But I mentioned this on the last pick and winner show, two of those against Carolina and Minnesota. uh, And then most recently against a struggling Detroit team. We kind of know where they're at right now. Um, None of the teams they've played recently can play defense like Cleveland. The Browns offense even. uh, It's in the best shape I think it's been all year with Joe Flacco under center. He's kind of opening up some things. Maybe DTR, uh, P.J. Walker, and even Deshaun Watson couldn't. I'm taking the Browns as well. 
Nate mentioned they're going to the playoffs. They are in the top wildcard spot right now, so they definitely have something to fight for. And Joe Flacco just saw some details about his contract. He gets like money for every win, and that just like increases as they get into the playoffs. So lots of incentive for him to do well. I'm sure he's good financial. I'm sure the 401k is strong, uh, yeah. but there is some added incentive there as well. Uh, second game here for us on Sunday in the early slate, Tampa Bay at Green Bay. The Packers are favored by three and a half over-unders at 41.5. What you got? Uh, nobody's playing for Green Bay, apparently. Like, we don't know the status of Aaron Jones and his knee. A.J. Dillon's got a broken thumb. Like, they got some other dude named Taylor in the backfield. It's not Jonathan, so don't worry about, you know, going picking him up for your fantasy team in the playoffs or anything like that. <laughs> um, Tampa's got a decent defense and stuff like that, too, but they're also susceptible through the air. They're good at defending the run. Their safeties are great and fantastic at defending the run. Uh, Mike Evans and... Chris Godwin may run wild in this game a little bit, you know, maybe hundred yards for Evans. That sounds crazy, but it is what it is, but it is the winter time for a bunch of people from Tampa going to Lambeau. You don't win mm-hmm. ball games. The giant, uh, the giants just embarrassed this green Bay team on Monday night football short week for the Packers. And I'll take them to beat the Tampa Bay bucks. Yeah, a lot of people don't know this uh, from down there in Florida. Uh, the earth is kind of on like an axis and it tilts back and forth, right? That's how we get our seasons. Right now, you know, the northern part of the United States, basically Canada, is basically in the Arctic. It is so cold uh, and they get to experience that. The Packers are a bit of a concern. The defense is the second worst against the run behind only Denver. They're obviously banged up on offense with. I mean, we can add him up here. Aaron Jones, um, he's ailing. Christian Watson might not play. I think he's been a DNP all week. And then A.J. Dillon got the broken finger, also been a, a DNP all week. Um, mm-hmm. The saving grace for Green Bay is that Tampa does not run the ball well to the tune of the fourth worst rushing attack in the NFL. This is well documented. Nate has mentioned it no less than 15 straight weeks. The game is also at Lambeau, as we've mentioned, and it's a uh, Pretty good get-right spot for the Packers if they intend on keeping their wild-card spot. They're right in the thick of things. Um, they're tied for one currently with four other teams, and then there's two additional teams one game back. So the NFC is kind of a mess. They're all jumbled up there for those final couple wild-card spots. So they've got a ton to play for, highly motivated. Tampa Bay, they are in the playoffs at 6-7, and seven, I think, uh, as the division liter- leaders of the NFC South, which is horrendous that they're going to get a home playoff game. But I am taking the Packers narrowly in this game. Next game here is Houston at Tennessee. Uh, Titans favored at home by a field goal over-unders at 37.5. What you got? Yeah, Houston ran into the buzzsaw known as Zach Wilson last week. AFC Player of the Week. I mean, the guy's good at football. He's going to win a championship before the New York Jets do it. We could make a bet. I don't know what it would be, but but it would definitely be fun. we don't know if C.J. Stroud's going to play or not, whether mm. whether or not he plays. We don't know if Nico Collins is going to play or not. Mm. We don't know if we're going to get Davis Mills. <laughs> I don't care who the quarterback is for this team. They're going to beat the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee wow. Titans are not a good football team. The Tennessee Titans can't move the ball on offense, regardless of what you saw in three minutes of play at the end of a Monday night football game. Will Levis has one of the greatest clips and one of the greatest plays I've ever seen 
It's from this year. It was a few weeks ago. I don't know if you've seen this, Tony. He throws the ball, realizes it's going to be interception. It's gets the Colts. It's against the Colts. Right up the middle of the field. As soon as he throws it, he just takes off sprinting right through the center of the line. Like a linebacker, hits the dude who catches the football, forces the football, Titans get it back first down. It's not happening against this Houston, Texas team. They got embarrassed last week. I think that the offensive scheme uh, would be able to fit Davis Mills pretty well. I would have liked Houston as a football team this year with Davis Mills. I get it. I like all the worst quarterbacks in the in the NFL, <laughs> but I am a I am a Davis Mills guy. Um, but regardless of who is running this offense, I think they do enough to get to squeak out a win against Tennessee. You know, maybe with a last second field goal or something like that. But I'll get I'll take Houston. I'm just never going to bet that Tennessee wins a football game. I don't care if it is against. Or whatever Florida Atlantic A and T or something like that. Whatever the whatever the Ab- schools were Abilene in drumline, they were all in drumline, right? Like you're yeah. that's that's what it is. So I'm gonna take Houston. That's fair. Uh, Will Levis has, has grit. He's got that tenacity. You love to see it. Uh, CJ Stroud trending in the wrong direction. He is still in the concussion protocol. Typically for guys uh, to get out. Uh, of that by game time, they're at least limited in some capacity by Thursday. He's been a DNP all week, so maybe watch that tomorrow. Will Anderson also been a DNP um, all week with an ankle. Nico Collins still a DNP. Noah Brown limited, so they're extremely banged up. I think Robert Woods is even banged up. They do get Dalton Schultz back. He's been practicing in full, but are we? I know you're okay, but are we collectively okay with Davis Mill? Davis Mills feeding, you know, Dalton Schultz at less than 100 percent. Noah Brown and Robert Woods at less than 100 percent. Uh, John Mechie, I, he hasn't really got much action this year. Um, I'm not, and this game is in Tennessee. Titans managed somehow a comeback against you know a much more talented Miami squad. So I'm being forced to lean Tennessee this week. Uh, my arm is being twisted, Nate. So I'm taking the Titans. Didn't like it, but I just couldn't get behind a Davis Mills pick here with that team to, as banged up as they are. I think D'Amico Ryan's is also fighting for Coach of the Year, and I think the players know that, right? Like. Like, it's in jeopardy because if no one's going to bet, if no one thinks that Brock Purdy's going to be the quarterback that wins the MVP and somehow it's going to be like Dak Prescott or if the Chiefs get the number one overall seed in the AFC, it, prob- it might be Mahomes. And I think it's only those three that are in contention mm-hmm. for anything there because I, unless somehow Lamar Jackson has some a crazy game against the 49ers on Christmas Day in San Francisco, but Lamar Jackson also doesn't have any of the actual metrics like passing stats or anything like that, that would support him being MVP. Um, they're once again, the best rushing team in the NFL. Um, so if they're not going to bet or pick like voters are not going to pick Brock Purdy to win MVP. And they're going to say it's because of the scheme and all the weapons and all that kind of stuff. Someone has to win an award in San Francisco for what they've done this year. And I think it would be mm-hmm. Mike Shanahan. I think, he, uh, or Kyle Shanahan, sorry, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. And I think you could get that at like 10 or 16 to one right now or something like that. Um, and so if you don't think that Brock Purdy is an MVP candidate because of his coach and his scheme and regardless of what anything anybody says out there, I mean, the guy's got, I think he's like second in passing yards on the season and he has a hundred less attempts than anybody else within, within the area. And he's got like 80 less completions or something like that. It's crazy. Um, Leads in every metric that 
divine success at, at the quarterback yeah. uh, male. But if you don't think that, then Shanahan. So that's why I'm also yeah. going with the Houston Texans. They realize that their coach sh- he should get coach of the year. What he's done with that team and a rookie quarterback and everything like that and dealt with all their injuries, especially at middle linebacker, guys getting suspended like Denzel Perriman and stuff like that. Um, you know, for them to win a game puts him back in that conversation. Yeah, and if they win, uh, we'll get to Baltimore and Jacksonville, but, I mean, they could be tied for that division. So that is interesting right there. Uh, So next game here, uh, the Jets at Miami. Miami's favored by eight and a half, over, under, low for a Miami game, but I think we're assuming the Dolphins are scoring all the points here. It's at 37.5. What you got? This may be better for the Jets being in Miami than being at home because if the Dolphins were to come out and be like 10 points up and then they go three and out, like the whole stadium's going to turn. I mean, all like 8,000 people who finally show up to the games these days. That was pitiful. When you see what the Jets had on Sunday in, in the stadium and then what the Giants had on Monday night football, it's like it's over half empty it looks like. Um, mm-hmm. so it's a good thing it's in Miami and then at least we could hear the Miami crowd cheer, <laughs> not worried about any of the injury stuff for Miami, um, from the skill position standpoint of, you know, Tyree kill or anything like that. They are struggling on the offensive line and they are struggling heavily on defense. I think it's going to be a very low scoring game. I think that the jets keep this one a lot closer than what a lot of people think, um, solely because they'll be able to run the ball. Zach Wilson, little dink and dunks and stuff like that. Garrett Wilson, 80-plus yards or something like that. Uh, But I'm going to take Miami to win this game because I think that they just have too much firepower. And when they have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle both on the field at the same time, most are in the backfield, they could do a lot of things pre-snap that can take guys like Sauce Gardner and stuff off your man coverage that they're looking to run. So I'll take Miami to win. This is another one of those – Kyle Shanahan underlings matchups, uh, kind of these guys, his former coaches or assistants or whatever going head to head. So that's interesting. But as of Thursday, Devon HN, Teron Armstead, Tyreek Hill, Robert Hunt, uh, one of their guards mentioned the offensive line there. All those guys have been DNPs all week. That is not ideal against the Jets team that can shut down basically anyone not named Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, or Jamar Chase. Uh, I'm not liking this. <laughs> uh, we've been killed by this division this year, and I don't know. If I can bet with confidence, four plus units. That's uh, where where are we at with the money line plus or minus four thirty. Yeah, so yeah. plus four plus four plus units on Miami in their current state. I'm gonna fucking do it anyways. Uh, give me Miami. <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a glutton for punishment. I think they get back on track at home. The AFC East is theirs. They just need to avoid dropping games to teams that they should beat, like they did last week. This is another team this week that they should beat. So uh, give me the Dolphins. But, man, those injuries, they are they are of some concern at least. You should be scared about the offensive line. If Tua gets in trouble, he finds himself um, on the ground often. It's probably going to be a long day. We're probably not going to like the result. But I am dude, Miami in this. Dude, this is the game. Do you know what I'm talking about right now? This, this the is the Mike White revenge game. The Mike White oh revenge God. game. I don't like to prey on people's injuries and stuff. But if there's a point where this offensive line cannot keep Tua up, maybe it's a rolled ankle or, you know, shoulder or something like that going to the ground. Like, let's sure. not do his head stuff because that's really scary for where he's at in life. Um, and Mike White comes in. The Jets are up like four <laughs> points. And you hear it. You know, 
what what's that? Twenty-seven seconds left on the clock. Mike White at the at the his own forty-yard line. He drops back. He rolls right as the pressure comes. It's not Jaden Phillips. It's somebody else that nobody knows his name. Mike White passes across his body across the field. Garrett Wilson, sixty-yard touchdown. Not Garrett Wilson because he was on the Jets last year. Braxton Berrios, his buddy from the New York Jets, and they beat the Jets. With 15 seconds left on the clock, holy moly, Miami Dolphins win a ball game. Mike White, I swear to God, dude, if Mike White comes in this game and he he throws the ball to Braxton Berrios for a game-winning touchdown against the New York Jets, you owe me a jersey. Like, <laughs> do they do they even make Mike White jerseys? They have to. I don't to. even know. They have it to. might be like they a custom one we have to make, a Josh Dobbs situation. Uh, yeah, that's that's in- interesting. I mean, that would be something I would expect to be in the NFL script uh, if we're saying that's a thing, which fucking seems like it is this year. All right, enough of that game. Kansas City at New England uh, for the next one here. Kansas City road favorites. They get eight and a half over unders at 37. What you got? I'm taking Kansas City. Uh, what we saw at Bailey Zappi last week was really fun. It was really fun for me picking the New England Patriots on that game. Um, Kansas City... I don't know what to think of this team, but they are still the best team in the AFC right now. Um, They make a lot of mistakes. I hope that they force feed the ball to Kadarius Toney because I think they can get away with, you know, trying to figure that out against this New England team. I don't think New England's any good. Bill Belichick is rumored to be on his way out. Some random radio dude, uh, reported in the New England area that Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft agreed to this would be his last season after they went to London and got spanked. Um, I don't know if I buy that, but I think Kansas City gets back in the driver's seat and they win this ball game. I think they this has gotten more you know towards the Chiefs side some steam that way it was at seven and a half and now it's at eight and a half so Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on that side of the equation as well. Yeah, I, I heard from a random radio host in the the greater New England area, which is a collection of states. Who knew uh, that Bill Belichick was quiet quitting um, after like week two or three? So every yeah. everybody knew that New England is <laughs> yeah. a collection of states. Tony, no, I didn't teach that in in my parts. Uh, <laughs> anyways, how the hell Bailey Zappi and the Patriots did what they did to a, a pretty decent Steelers defense last week? Beyond me, beyond all of us, mind-boggling after what that team uh, has been throughout 2023. With that being said, there's no way they do it in consecutive weeks. Um, plus, Kansas City should be in playoff mode. Uh, if anything, what happened at the end of the Buffalo game should have at least light some kind of fire under their ass, right? Denver's a game back of them for the division. The Chiefs cannot afford to keep dropping these games that they should be winning. I'm taking Kansas City. I feel pretty comfortable with the spread as well. I, I don't... Yeah. I don't see New England doing much on offense in this one. The Chiefs defense is a little bit better than what they've been playing, even though they have had their struggles. But, yeah, give me Kansas City. Next one here, the Giants at the Saints. New Orleans, home favorites. They get six points over unders at 39 and a half. Tommy DeVito? You know where I'm going with this one. You know I love me some garbage quarterbacks. And that's why I'm going to pick the New Orleans Saints and Derek Carr. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's four four yard passes up and down the field. It's it's the most ridiculous thing. I think that they're going to win with like 
kicking six field goals because they won't be able to get in the end zone. It's the most it's the most disturbing thing in the NFL to watch New Orleans Saints play football because they will drive down the field. And it's like, man, this looks all right. And next thing you know, kicking a field goal. And then they'll <laughs> stop the other team, and then they'll go and yeah. uh, drive down the field again. And you're in the first quarter, you're like, man, I have this guy on my fantasy team or this guy or whatever. It is. I got to bet on this guy to score a touchdown, and they don't score touchdowns. I'll just take New Orleans to win because I don't think that the New York Giants are going to win this ball game. There's something to be said about, you know, teams on these roller coasters, right? And in the NFL, it is very humbling and humbling very fast. And that is what is going to happen to the New York Giants on the road in the Superdome, the Big Easy. Like, who knows how Tommy DeVito's body is going to act, you know, react to gumbo and stuff like that. Jambalaya. How is it going to react? I don't know. I don't we know. Don't, if, we don't know. You know, he grew up on being able to stomach that kind of stuff. And so I'll take the Saints. Mm-hmm. I'm just coming yeah, up with I... fluff to talk about a team <laughs> that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I cannot in good faith get behind a Giants team that's still 30th on offense and outside the top 20 in defensive efficiency. I just need more than one good data point. Wasn't even that great last week. I think DeVito had like 140 or like low 200s and a touchdown and somehow got NFC player of the week. Uh, there were some really good performances. I don't know how that works, but Saints aren't well, great. He had, all, that, just he had all the week. rushing yards too. He had all the rushing yards too, which was a good in game. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but the Saints, they're not great on offense. They're 19th in DVOA. Nate mentioned they're not punching it in. Maybe it has something to do with like rotating Taysom Hill in and out every other play. There's just no rhythm down there. I know he is valuable, but uh, maybe there's just like some balance there they need to find. Maybe some middle ground, but he should be back this week. Um, They have been one of the better defensive units, though. The Saints have ranking 13th even after some big letdowns against the Lions and Jaguars recently. But I'm on the Saints side for this. They're playing for the South and hosting an NFL playoff game. So um, they've still got a lot to keep them motivated. So give me New Orleans in this one. The final early game on Sunday is going to be Atlanta at Carolina. The Falcons obviously are favorites here. They get a field goal on the road over unders at 34. What you got? I think this line's too short for Atlanta. I don't think that Atlanta's all that good, but Carolina is abysmal. Um, they might be oh, one. Yeah. They, this team would lose by 30 to that Detroit Lions team that went 0-16 <laughs> with Matt Stafford. Oh, God. Um, Atlanta's I think beats the brakes off this Carolina team. Atlanta's defense is fairly solid. They're letting Desmond Ritter throw the ball now. It's like Arthur Smith is like, oh, shoot, I need to keep a job. I should probably get the ball in the hands of Drake London, who he spent high draft capital on, and Kyle Pitts, who he spent high draft capital on, and B. John Robinson, who he spent high draft capital on, and Algier, who rushed for 1,000 yards last year after not even starting every game. Um, Atlanta... I like the three also. They're going to beat the crap out of this team on the road. Um, I like the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, Panthers stink, and it's unfortunate because the Bears own their first-round pick, and they're I think now they're two games behind anyone for that number one overall pick. They're not going to catch anybody. They're not winning out. That's not going to happen. I'm taking Atlanta, even though I think they're not that great as well. They're just nowhere near. It's like Atlanta – you know, the rest of the league, Atlanta, then massive, massive tier break, and then eventually you get down to Carolina. They stink a lot less, so give me the Falcons in this one as well. Moving on to the Sunday afternoon games, the first one we have here is Washington at the Rams. Um, 
I don't know who's going to be at this game. It's probably going to be a bunch of neutral fans. I know the Commanders don't have a lot of fans. The Rams, Chargers don't really have home games, but the Rams have a six and a half. Uh, their favorite six and a half at home. Over-under is very high. Both these defenses are kind of suspect. It's at 50.5. I believe this is tied for the highest on the week. Who you got in this one? Um, the Rams are just a different team when they have both receivers, both receivers out there, Stafford and Kyron Williams. They found a run game. Washington trades away all of its best defensive players. Um, makes no sense whatsoever when you're trying to keep a job and you're a defensive coach. <laughs> uh, makes absolutely mm-hmm. no sense what Ron Rivera. Um, it's almost like they just said, hey, we're going to make sure you don't win games here. Uh, so we're going to get rid of Montez Sweat and send him to the Bears. Uh, this feels like a, it does feel like a trap game, though, for Los Angeles. Like, I get that they're at home. I get that Washington is an East Coast team and all that kind of stuff, right? So there's a lot of travel that goes into that. Mm-hmm. Granted, we got some pretty dope, like, 757s and stuff that it can, like, they can get over there in, like, five hours, four and a half hours or something like that. You get a good tailwind, something like that, right? Um, put some NOS inside the, the G6 or whatever you want to do. But um, I'll take I'll take the Rams to win this thing. I, the Rams are, may be a playoff team. The NFC in that middle tier, the bottom that's trying to make the playoffs, is not strong, and the Rams are coming along too. So, um, yeah. And if yeah, that's that's what I got. Yeah, the Rams they hit, they absolutely hit on Puka Nakua. They're getting decent production from Steve Avila on the line. They needed a lot of help on the line, so it seems like they found some of that in Avila and a draft pick or a trade. Sorry, they made uh, before the season started. Byron Young and Kobe Turner draft picks this past year on defense. Davis Allen flashed last week. Didn't even know he was going to be a thing. Um, Higby's a little banged up. Um, Kyron Williams has been a stud when he's been healthy this year. He was a 2022 pick. Didn't play much last year. I think he had a high ankle ankle sprain. Great university. But I think all (laughs) – fair fair enough. But I think all of these young guys are why Sean McVay is uh, as invested as he is this year. Last year, it kind of seemed like he was not all there. I'm not sure what that was. Um, there was. There was like the questions about is he leaving for the Amazon gig, like being asked at this point in the season. Don't see those right now because of these young guys, because of where they're at. The Rams have a top 10 offense. They almost took down Baltimore on the road last week. We thought that was probably going to be a blowout. Um, the defense is a work in progress, but I think they get it done against a Washington team that's outside the top 20 on offense and then dead last in defensive DVOA. So also with the Rams on this one. Next one here, San Francisco at Arizona. San Fran road favorites, obviously. They get 12 and a half over under at 47.5. What's got? Kyler Murray usually gives the 49ers a bunch of trouble. Um, so that is really concerning. Um, but San Francisco is is a team on a mission. I think it's them and Buffalo who are the two teams that are on a mission this year. And I don't think that San Francisco blinks an eye I, in this game either. So I'm going to lay the massive total of units. I believe it is eight <laughs> it's, that it's we have eight. to lay for yeah. them to win. Um, and I'll take San Francisco. I do think, I think this opened up at like 14 and a half. So there is money coming the Arizona way, which I think is correct. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I'll take San Francisco. I, I, it's just easy, I guess. Like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Uh, Charverius Ward is banged up. Might be worth mentioning some of these defensive injuries here. Drake Greenlaw's 
uh, banged up. Arik Armstead's banged up. San Fran does have some key injuries uh, at every level on defense, so maybe that's where that's coming from. I think Michael Wilson's coming back for the Cardinals. Uh, him and Kyler seem to have a pretty decent connection. I don't believe it matters uh, if the offense is mostly healthy and in sync, as they are. Um, so I'm also taking the 49ers in this one. I'd be scared of the 12.5 or 14 or whatever it opened up at. Yeah. If you Moving like those, our- uh, if you like rushing props, you know, if you could find stuff for mm-hmm. like Eli Mitchell, uh, maybe a Jordan Mason line, if those are like, you know, under t- <clears throat> under 25 or something like that, those are pretty live bets too, because this team, um, you saw from your Los Angeles Rams, Tony, uh, give up a lot of yards on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that San Francisco is going to do that, try to control the game, control the clock, and then just get out with a win and get it over with. Yep. Yeah, that's just a few garbage time carries for those guys, and you can definitely see that happening. All right, final Sunday game here for us is Dallas at Buffalo. Should be a good one. Um, let's see here. Buffalo's favor. They get one and a half over under. This is the other one that's high, uh, the highest on the week, 50.5. What are you doing with this one? You know, Dak Prescott's played pretty damn well this year. He's come along. Uh, you can't mm-hmm. underestimate Dak Prescott when he's playing for money. Um, you know, he seems to have pretty good years when he's playing for new contracts and stuff like that. Uh, this vertical offense is pretty dangerous that Dallas has. Uh, they're stretching the field like no other team in the NFL from just a straight-up vertical standpoint without having to use a lot of stuff crossing. It's actually pretty remarkable what they're doing. They don't have much of a running game with Tony Pollard. It's kind of crazy because every – Every time, you know, every carry that Zeke got last year, it was like, eh, Tony Pollard, this, that, the other. And then you get Tony Pollard in an every down roll, and he, he's not all that great. Um, but this is another humbling experience in the NFL that Dallas is going to get going to Buffalo. Get Buffalo has, like, major injuries across their entire defense. The offense seems to want to give ball games away. Dallas can turn over the ball and all that kind of stuff, but – you're from Texas. You play indoors. You're about to get thrown thrown right through a table. I'll take the Buffalo Bills to win at home. I like it. Um, I know Buffalo's favored. They're coming off a big win against the Chiefs, an emotional win, maybe more so emotional for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But uh, they get this one at home, Buffalo does. They even have you know a top three offense in terms of DVOA. The problem for me is defensively. Can they stop the Cowboys? I think with the way Dallas is playing, here we go. That's going to be tough. Uh, I had to sneak one of those in there, Nate. I know you love it. God um, damn. <laughs> they did just enough against the Chiefs, but I don't think the Chiefs are at the same, you know, in the same place that the Cowboys are at this point in 2023 on both sides of the ball. So I'm actually landing on the Dallas side of this. Um, this was maybe somewhat uh, influenced by Buffalo killing us all season. This wasn't a big total, so it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But I do favor Dallas slightly. I think this is going to be a fun game. I think of the three, probably they're all good. Like honestly, I want to watch all three of these afternoon games. I might have to bust out the laptop, the phone, and the TV for the for this uh, slate. So this should be yeah. good. But yeah, give me Dallas on this one. We're on opposing ends. Moving into the primetime games now, we have Baltimore at Jacksonville for the Sunday night game. Uh, in this one, Baltimore road favorites, they get three and a half over unders at 42.5. What you got? Um, this is a classic look ahead spot for the Baltimore Ravens as they go to San Francisco next week on Christmas night to play the 49ers in what 
um, is going to be the Super Bowl matchup this year. Uh, if you don't believe that, just look at the color coding scheme of the Super Bowl logo this year. It is red and purple, and they look at it over the last few years, and um, they put that out in the middle of the season or before the season to uh, promote the Super Bowl that coming year. And the two-tone colors on it always are the teams in the Super Bowl. This year, it is red and purple. Hmm. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars just can't stop anybody. Uh, no. They they also struggle to score. I'll take Baltimore to win this on the road. It wouldn't surprise me if Jacksonville won it, but Baltimore is in contention for the number one seed in the AFC mm -hmm. as well. So I think they need to keep winning to try to get that and have home field advantage. They have a pretty good home field there. Um, but, man... Jacksonville can't defend on the perimeter, so I'll take Baltimore to have a bunch of little screens and dumps and stuff like that out to save flowers, OBJ on the outside, and they'll beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in Duval County. I don't know if you know that the Jacksonville Jaguars play in Duval County, Tony, but uh, they play I, in Duval County. I am very familiar with the hashtag uh, after the last few years, so yes. Uh, or anytime right, you want Jackson to listen to Chris Collinsworth talk. Oh, God, yeah. That guy. Usually I have the volume turned down when he's on the call. Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville's reeling. They aren't healthy. Obviously, without Christian Kirk, we know that. Trevor Lawrence, you know, he has that mid. Wasn't a high, wasn't a low. It was like a mid ankle sprain. He came back the next week. No big deal. Uh, defense is looking more and more vulnerable each week. Nate alluded to that. I believe the Jaguars finished the season strong. They have games against Tampa, Carolina, and Tennessee. Uh, all winnable, um, even in their current state. But Baltimore, likely going to be too much for them, especially where Baltimore's at at this point in the season, I'm on the Ravens side for this game as well. Final game for us, the Monday night game, Philly at Seattle. The Eagles are favored on the road. They get three and a half over unders at 47.5. What do you got? Uh, for a team who can't defend the pass all of a sudden, um, it's going to be rough if you got to play against Drew Locke or Geno Smith throwing it to, you know, DK Metcalf, who I don't know. He's what? Six foot 13. You know, 287 pounds, um, nude, not even soaking old, wet. Got an old Miss rematch here, reunion. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, I don't know what either one of these teams is. I don't know what Seattle is. They show some flashes. They show a little bit of flash with Drew Locke against San Francisco 49ers, but you can kind of expect that because San Francisco – We've talked about it before. The secondary is just hidden. Like the secondary is weak. It is the weakest part of the team. It's been the weakest part of the team for half a decade now. Uh, Philadelphia, they just can't seem to have an offense anymore. It's almost like their offensive coordinator who went to go be a head coach in Indianapolis. Um, was it Indianapolis? Is that where he went? Steichen, right? Shane, Shane Steichen, yeah. Shane Steichen was their offensive coordinator last year. Um, it's almost like... He was really good at his job, and the guy filling in for him is not really good at what? his job. <laughs> um, and this offense is struggling. They're struggling to run the ball. They're struggling to pass the ball. I don't know. I don't know what to think of either one of these teams. If there's one game on this entire slate that I don't want anything to do with, it is this game. I'd rather be you know, taking the points with Pittsburgh or hitting the money line there or doing some crazy <laughs> shit somewhere else Jesus. than trying to pick – 
Philadelphia or Seattle and how this thing's going to turn out, what the total looks like or anything like that. But I'm going to pick Philadelphia to win. You lose two games against very strong opponents. Yeah. I don't think Seattle's that strong of an opponent, and I think that this is a game where they instill their will, get back to running the football with DeAndre Swift like they did week two after they rested him in the Thursday night game the first week of the season. Um, I'll take, or it was a Monday night game. I think that's what it was, Monday to Thursday or something like that. Um, I'll take Philly to win on the road. Yeah, Philly's like, they hit the gravity chamber, uh, training chamber, like, I don't know, hyperbolic chamber, I think is what they called it. Got any Dragon Ball Z people listening? Um, they've been training, they're battling Cell and Frieza, and they come out, you know, after, you know, dueling with Dallas and San Francisco. Now they get Seattle. That's like Krillin or something, right? They, they should smash this team. Uh, Geno Smith is banged up. Both running backs, uh, Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker, they're less than 100%. The defense uh, that on paper looks phenomenal, like that should be a really good unit. Those guys have not put it together yet. They they might, maybe next year. Um, but Seattle's just kind of a middling team. Uh, and despite the Eagles' troubles, they are still stopping the run at an elite level. And the offense can still put up 25 you know, to 30 points on a bad defense, which is where Seattle is at currently, ranking 26th in DVOA this year. I'm taking Philly to stop the bleeding uh, here in primetime, hopefully. Uh, so, yeah, give me, give me the Eagles. Oh, all right, on the week, to get to one unit of profit for each correctly picked game, uh, that's what we're doing. What we're risking. I'm at 40 units. Nate, you're at 39.2. All right, best bets again. You have the team on your back. I think you're like <laughs> 11 and three or 11 and four, something like that at this point with these best bets. I cannot catch a break. So what are you thinking about for this week? Uh, I'm going to go to that Jacksonville Baltimore game. Uh, Jacksonville is a pass funnel, um, but their secondary stinks. They are <laughs> letting up. Is 132 yards per game to perimeter-wide receivers. We saw Odell Beckham get himself 10 targets last week, 90-plus yards, got a touchdown and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to take Odell Beckham's over 37.5 receiving yards in this game. That sounds criminal for a team that all they do is allow passing yards and they can stop a run. I get that they're not all that great, but um, it's going to take two two targets for obj to get the 37 and a half in this game that is my belief that is my best bet for the week i'd play it like up it. to like 39 and a half 40 40 and a half something like that yeah yeah he's been the guy catching the ball down the field 15 20 30 yards down the field so that's only one or two of those uh my best bet i spoke to how detroit should find success against the nfl's worst rush uh defense that should be their recipe to to getting a win there um Jameer Gibbs has a rushing prop out there that I'm kind of into. Longest rush, 13 and a half yards. I'm taking the over. That is minus 130 on bet 365. Gibbs is the more explosive back between he and David Montgomery. He's the guy they're using between the 20s, and Gibbs leads the NFL with eight runs of 20 yards or more. Very explosive. Uh, maybe not get it done at the goal line, but that's Monty's job right. Gibbs does it everywhere else. Uh, Jamar Gibbs uh, also has had a run of 20 or more yards in six of his last seven games with one 14-plus yard carry in each of those seven contests. So seems like the line was just built based off of that. Um, I do like uh, this bet with this matchup. So give me uh, Jameer Gibbs, longest rush, 13 and a half yards, taking the over minus 130 on bet 365. All right, Woo. closing thoughts before we wrap. I like those longest rush props. Um 
those are pretty good for guys like Christian McCaffrey. They're awesome for like Nick Chubb. Um, Nick Chubb used to be uh, pretty notorious for that, but there's no yeah. props up for the Niner game. I was looking at that for Christian McCaffrey. Um, yeah. It might be up to like 21 and a half for a longest rush than that, which I wouldn't touch. But if it's like yeah. 17 and a half or something like that, that that's a pretty decent bet <laughs> there too. But uh, that sounds absolutely insane, but I think he breaks one. Um, I mean, yeah, first C- rush C- of the game. CMC, oh, fucking nuts. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, Devon Achan, Jameer Gibbs, like these guys, they just get one carry. They take it 20 yards. It's almost yeah. like a guarantee. Uh, famous last words. I'm knocking on wood like, right now. Like that. <laughs> That's so good. What else could go wrong? But that Chris McCaffrey, you look oh, at God. his first rush last last week, and it's like, you know, that's why he's the MVP. And it was like he didn't get touched until he was thirty yards down the field, and he got like barely, yeah. barely like rubbed up against or something like that. The dude just has massive holes. Um, maybe he's one of those offensive linemen should be MVP. So um, fun <laughs> stuff out there. Buffalo's sitting at I think it's like sixteen to one right now to win the Super Bowl. We got that at like eighty to one last week. It's pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. So. As long as they make the playoffs, we're in a decent hedge position there. Yep. So um, good luck to everybody on whatever they got going. Good luck to us. Let's just let's win them all. Uh, we can't win them all because we're on different ends of three different games. But, you know, <laughs> let me win them all. So um, it's fun. This is fun. It's a good exercise. Yep. I'm enjoying it, uh, even though I've lost 17 units on the season. It's yeah, it's fun. Yeah, we're we're definitely learning. I'm learning a lot. Uh, we know this season hasn't been uh, kind in the betting market at times or on the field, as you guys endure backup quarterback after backup, you know, backups to the backups, even in some cases. Yeah. So I just wanted to once again say thank you guys for tuning in. It's been very much a struggle for everybody. Thank you for joining us, you know, on this punishment that we've placed upon ourselves week after week, because we appreciate the support. Uh, it's been a very strange season for sure. Different than the last few, but, uh, Nate will return next week with the recap. I will have the picks and it's going to be fun. Yeah. We're basically the dog, uh, you know, in that meme, he's got his cup of coffee, the whole office Mm -hmm. is on fire, but everything is fine. This is fine. Um, that's going to do it for us until next time, guys. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.